Let's get your live reaction to what's going on at the Oscars right now. Oh, whoa. <laughs> what? Yo, what? <laughs> Yo, it's Scoochie Boy, stop your set six. If you're watching on YouTube and I'm with my shirt, we'll set it off right for the podcast. <laughs> uh, hopefully, YouTube will take it down. Shout out to Spotify, <laughs> shout out to SoundCloud, shout out to Apple Podcasts, so subscribe, all that jazz. We have the illustrious Tech Messiah, we have Marcus Sniffles, and everybody rocks with us. What's, what's popping? We out here. DX game, baby. We out here. Oh yeah. I'm just I'm just glad to be off the uh, the injury report after my uh nose job. <laughs> well, that was great while I lasted. But yes. anywho, just in case it's just in case we did get kicked off the, the webs. Mm-hmm. Uh, welcome to KTSCF live episode uh ninety-eight. We have a tech messiah, Marcus Sniffles, and uh what's good. Out here, man. Just glad to be uh be breathing normal out of my nose again. Feels great. Uh, did you have a deviated? Okay. One of us might be on drugs right now, but you know, <laughs> we're not gonna we're not gonna point any names, <laughs> pointing fingers at anybody. But you know, it is what it is. We're all surviving. Um trying to live our best lives. Definitely breathing well at night is good. I actually downloaded this app called uh what's it called? snore lab it's actually pretty cool it like kind of tracks your sleeping and shows like if you're snoring and stuff like that and then it gives you like remedies and stuff like that so i've been i've been on this kick of obsessing about various things to clear your nasal passages at night so i think it's actually working but yeah yeah allegedly allegedly i do snore but i mean it's i'm uh ready to get back on that white dragon allegedly yes shout out to cocaine anywho (laughs) Yes, a hippo violation. Oh, yes, a HIPAA. <laughs> shout, shout to HIPAA. But uh, we'll kick it off with the. Uh, we didn't really get deep into the Batman, but I just want to give my quick notes on it because, as the degenerate that I am, as I watched the movie, I took notes and I just want to get them off quickly. Uh, if I was prepared, I would have those notes. And I have no idea where they're at right now <laughs> on my phone, but Jesus we're making work. Like we just talked about this. <laughs> yes, poor, poor playing. So that's that's where the actual uh, guest guest uh, host or additional host they will speak. As I look for the Batman notes, I will say I, I remember from uh, from watching it. The one thing I did get out of it was how tense it was. Like the entire movie, kind of at, at the beginning, it, it it was on the verge of like kind of turning me off as far as like how super serious it was. Everybody was like, I'm vengeance or like, no, the Batman can't be doing this. He's a vigilante. Like they were just talking like that the entire time at the beginning. I was like, if they're going to do this to the whole movie, I'm out. But they kind of, they found their groove and they, you know, they figured it out. So, you know, it was good, but it was super tense, like really tense. Yeah, I definitely enjoyed it. Uh, so I found my notes. And, and as I read the notes, if you watch the movie, you could probably piece together where I was taking these notes. 
uh, the first part that I thought was super gangster was like in the beginning where he's like, I am the shadows and like, you know, people are outside committing crimes and they send that bat to go up and people started getting shook real quick. I was like, yo, over here pissing on themselves, tripping and falling over each other, like ready to scream. I'm like, God damn, like the ass whippers that he be putting on people in the streets. <laughs> this man's name rings bells in the streets. I'm like, all right, this man is like the fucking Cape Omar or something like that. Like, hey, Batman's coming, Batman's coming. So I was like, all right, it's kind of cool. It made me think of like young Jeezy, I am the streets for some reason. But anywho, uh, the part at the train, uh, as a young Asian American looked like he was about to get pummeled by some thugs, um, the first thing I could think about was like, they're not going to let this happen. Like, we just had the whole Stop Asian Hate campaign. There's no way they're going to have this Asian dude getting beat up on TV. Yeah, no and sure enough, he did not. So, I was like, out of, all the, out of all the things that wasn't going to happen, I was like, they ain't about to let this dude get yeah. stomped out by all these yeah. <laughs> not, not, not going to happen. Um, let's see. The heck? Uh, oh, so Batman, I was like, yo, this is some white privilege shit. They're like, oh, you know, as far as like, yo, he doesn't have to do this. He's like, oh, I have to try. Like, no, you don't. Like, that's what the police are for. Like, you you don't have to do anything. You just be rich, rich and moody and depressed and not showering and probably with multiple cases of CTE. Um, He definitely got CTE the first time he got blown up, which I don't understand what he thought was going to happen with that, that explosive in that situation. Um. Also, when he did get blown up, that was definitely white privilege that they didn't attempt to take his mask off. We're like, oh, yeah, we got this vigilante. He's going to leave his mask on, give him some medical help. I'm like, had that been a brother, man, he'd have been cuffed. They'd have probably beat him up a little bit, sprinkle some crack on him, all that type of stuff. Um, uh, I guess the whole thing when he jumped out the building and like got his head smacked, that was the second time he'd have got CTE, if not been decapitated. Um I found it strange, like, when they introduced the Batmobile, like, how the penguin was staring at the car. Like, if you go back and watch, he's just looking at the car like, huh, huh. And then the car, like, cut on. I was like, dog, what is wrong with you, dog? Like, he's tripping. But that car was kind of cool. Definitely getting, like, $1 to the gallon. That's more white privilege. But, you know, he could have got an electric back car. They got iPhones. Technology lives, you know what I'm saying? Um Another weird thing is, like, they tried so hard to make Bruce Wayne look strong. Like, Robert Patterson is not, like, a built person, but they would, like, show his shoulders and his traps. Like, bro, you're 130 pounds soaking wet, dog. Like, which also also made me think, like, how was he generating all this power to beat these thugs up? Like, he's 135 pounds. Like, he's not bringing the beats to people like that. So that's that's one part that from a casting standpoint, I don't like, bro, you got to hit, hit the weights a little bit. Yeah. Maybe that's just like us, you know, being, watching too many, not maybe not too many, but just being kind of used to what they do at Marvel. But even with DC, like Ben Affleck was pretty jacked. Um, the guy that plays Superman is obviously a big guy. Uh, Shazam, Aquaman, like everybody that has played superheroes have been a little bit like you got to bring a little bit more than that like i obviously you don't want to do the thing where it's like you're like looking like the rock or chris hemsworth because batman's not that guy but it's just like yeah if you're going to be out here like beating niggas down like with knocking people out with one hit you know what i'm saying and beating them to a pulp like this you you got to have a little bit of a look to you like i see your i see your bones i don't see no muscles back there dog like do something yeah, that's do some kind of way like six down or something yeah. Okay, so that kind of that, that kind of tripped me out a little bit. 
Um, also, when Alfred got blown up, when he's in the hospital, he still had like all his facial hair, which is like, bro, if you got blown up, like all the hair in your face is gonna be gone. His fucking beard was still like perfectly. I will there. say, I was like, for for that that part, uh, they didn't they didn't do enough for Alfred for me to care about that when that happened. Like, well, I like how they sequenced with the time where it already happened. But well, I, I mean, I get that. But that's supposed to be like a pivotal moment for us. Like, uh, that's one of his guys. But like throughout the whole movie, he had like maybe one and a half scenes before that, and there wasn't no real like type of connection between the two characters. So when that happens, you don't feel like even with uh, Pattinson, you didn't even feel like there was a connection. Like, hey, this is the guy that's been raising me since my parents have been dead. Like this is like a father to me. Like this should be a big moment, and I didn't feel that. It didn't feel like it. Didn't feel. I didn't feel anything at that, and I felt like I should have. They just didn't do yeah. a good job. Of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it is what it is. Uh, one thing that I probably want to explore deeper at a different day when we have a little bit more times to do do some silly stuff. But like, I'm curious. Like, how many black followers did the Riddler have? And in modern America, who would, who would they be? I have a few guesses who, who might be a follower of Riddler in the year of our Lord 2022. And also, if, if President Trump was still in office, he definitely would have sent the feds to Gotham City. Like, he'd have been like, I gotta have the Lancey running around, beating up people. We're gonna make America great again and get the Batman out of here. So, Trump definitely, he definitely sent the feds on that ass, though. Those are just my quick notes. They did drop a, uh, a quick five-minute unreleased scene of uh, the Joker, and Twitter made it sound like it was the worst thing in the world, but I thought it was pretty good. Like I was actually intrigued at that uh, variation of the Joker that they they created, and if they move forward with that character, even though it is lazy to continue to like cycle the same four villains in Batman, I'm I'm interested what this what this version could be. And shout out to old dude, I forgot his name. His name was like Barry something, but shout out to him for finessing the Marvel and the DC bag. Like any of the kings that can do that, I, I have mad respect for you. Yeah, I thought that was a very well well done uh shot scene. Uh the guy, the actor, is pretty good. I've never seen him in anything before. Like I saw him in Eternals, and I was like, I guess this guy's kind of a big deal. But uh, he did a good he did a good job. I thought they should have uh, maybe kept that scene in there. It it is getting tired. The whole like oh well we're doing a Batman movie. Guess we're gonna have to throw the Joker in there. But they're they're also doing a uh, uh, HBO Max show with the uh, the Penguin character. So I think that'll be gonna tie into uh, the next movie. But I, I the, the the issue with uh, with DC with their movies in particular is that they refuse to kind of branch out and explore some of the other characters that they have as far as villains. Like DC Comics has, or Batman specifically has some pretty like solid villains and they just keep running back to the Joker. And it's just like, let's go with the Penguin, Poison Ivy, all these other ones. There's a lot, there's a lot you can play with in there. So. Uh, Tech, you haven't, did you see the movie yet? Uh, I feel like you haven't seen the movie. No, no, I have not. (laughs) (laughs) I hope you don't like, you know, spoilers. Up by you. I mean, we'll, we'll move on for that, but I definitely want to bounce back to that topic. Like, I'm pretty sure, like, I don't know. It, it was giving me some real insurrection vibes. That's all I'm going to say. But anywho, uh, so the actor, just to give him his props, his name is Barry Keegan, Ke- Keogan, Barry Keegan, whatever. Yeah, he was in the Eternals. Um 
he was also problematic in the Eternals uh, because he could, uh, what could he have done? He could take control of people. And people were like, yeah, why didn't he like stop slavery and stuff like that? So, you know, might need to keep an eye on him. Uh, let me see. Let me get, hold on one second. So uh, next thing we're going to talk about real quick, and I know Mr. Savage has some <clears throat> has some words about this, but there, there was a tragedy. It's you know hard to start the podcast with tragedy, but it is what it is. Um, <clears throat> just backstory, I've been to theme parks, but I'm not a big like ride person. Uh, my mantra is if I need entertainment, I will either A, go to the movies or cut my Xbox off. Like I'm, I don't need to be spun around and slung up in the air and be flipped upside down at like three Gs. I'm past that part of my life. Um, I'm, I'm more in the chill stage, but I definitely kind of break down what happened uh, over the week. So, uh, yeah, basically there's a park in Orlando. It's called Icon Park. And um, they have, like, I guess a, maybe a slingshot type of ride, one of those you go way up in the air, it tilts you, and then you drop fast. Um, and a young man, uh, 14, 15 years old, by the name of Tyree Sampson, unfortunately lost his life. And it's just, it's just really senseless. I mean, at the end of the day, as I got older, I, I, I lost the desire to do that. Like, um, you know, I told myself, Maybe if it's like Disney or Universal, but still, it's just a senseless way to to lose a young man's life. Um, I, even from the pictures, and like you could see that his harness wasn't all the way down, may not have been even strapped in like that. It, it's just a bad look, man, and he, he lost his life. Definitely unfortunate that that happened. Yeah, his parents are going to sue the brakes off of that uh theme park or whoever it is like they didn't even it was like they didn't even try like it was like hanging open like you could visibly see that his harness was not clipped in right and the fact that they were able to get that on video and that it was on the internet just floating around was kind of wild to me too like it's i maybe maybe we ain't got to share everything like i get there's certain things you, you want to let people know like hey this is what's going on and let's put it in your face you know with certain things but especially, I mean, he's, what, he's 14, 15 years old. That's a kid. And he's mm-hmm. you know, falling off of a, uh, a roller coaster ride, and everybody on Twitter can see. And I'm like, God damn. Like, I didn't watch it, but I know it's out there. So it's like, why put that out? Why why put that out there? Like, if I'm a parent, well, I am a parent, but if I'm his parent, and I see that, I'm just like, why is this here? Why is this being passed around? It's like, you know, I don't know if y'all remember, like, <laughs> Millennials will remember this, but there was a VHS tape series that went around called Faces of Death. So it's kind of like that. Like, I don't want that going around with my kid on it. People passing it around. It's crazy. But y'all don't remember that? I'm the only one that's seen that sell those? Nah. I mean, the newer version of like A Thousand Ways to Die, uh, which is interesting. Those are like actually based on uh, true stories. Shout out to Chan. Shout out to Lowski. Shout out to King Quest in the chat. Yeah, I didn't even know that video existed. I'm, and I'm glad I haven't been on Twitter as much because there's a lot of degenerates on Twitter that would retweet that for whatever sick reasons they get out of it. But, um, I mean, yeah, it's it's definitely sad. Uh, thoughts and prayers to their family. Uh, and, uh, yeah, you will not catch my black ass on any rides like that. I'm cool. Like, I don't even want to do stuff like riding horses, dog. Like, I'm good. Like, just let me chill. Let me relax. 
large animals, I'm good. Like, bro, horses are big as fuck, dog. Have you have you ever yeah. seen a horse in person? Yeah, I, I've rode a horse. I've rode a horse. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm good. I'm good on all that. I am I am good to go. Um, but yeah, shout out to them. Well, not shout out to them, but hopefully they get the break suit off of them. But uh, let's see. Let's get some positive positive vibes. Well, that's not positive, but uh, yeah. So in the chat, let me know how much does gas cost where you live at? Because gas prices are too damn high, apparently. Um, I believe the highest I've seen is in uh, California. And like, ah, I, I couldn't do it. Like, you know, Joe Biden, he's, he's ruined the country. You know, he's uh, caused gas prices to be at all time high. Oh, my God. They're talking about. Californians will receive like four hundred dollar credits because gas prices are so high. Potentially, um, <clears throat> gasprices.tripleA.com. The national average is four dollars and twenty four cents per gallon. The average in Cali is like six bucks. Like that's insane. That's Florida wild. four bucks. Georgia four dollars. Like it's pretty much yeah across the board. But I- I've heard higher prices than that. Definitely in Cali. So shout out to you guys out there. Um, you know, I heard that they're doing like layaway for gas in some places. Um, you know, carpooling is probably really popular at this moment, which it should be, you know, before. But um, yeah, Texas is 338. That's interesting. Uh, I don't know about riding horses. It's fun. I'm good, man. If a horse falls on you, then like, yeah, it's, it's a wrap for you. So, but um Let's see. How much is gas in Georgia? Nobody. Texas is 379. That's crazy. Yeah, people making some uh making some real life decisions out here on this gas. Like it's like, uh, do I want to do this or do I want to stay at the house? Like, is it worth going out, wasting my gas for this? Because I mean. Yes, it is, it is going down, though. I will, will say it is going down a little bit, but it's still. I remember when I first started driving, gas was under a dollar. Like, you gave me $20 back when I got a license, I was good for like the month on gas. Like, $20, that's it. Now, you know, you get $20, that thing's like, click, click. That's about it. You know, a little bit more than that, bro. Yeah. And, and this is why they preach multiple streams of income. So, like, if you had the ability to like bake cookies or like babysit or, you know, move a little meth, start OnlyFans, this is why you have to have those multiple streams of income, right? Like if PPP loans are still popping, they're all going to gas. So definitely be a hustler, be out there and getting it. You know what I'm saying? Don't be sitting on your hands. These are why you have to have auxiliary skills. So shout out to the Kings and Queens, you know, LLC Twitter. LLC Twitter is laughing at us right now because if we were to listen to them, and flip these PVP loans and the businesses and other skills, then we wouldn't care about gas prices. You know what I'm saying? Like we we would be above the fray. So that's true, because you don't need to buy gas when you're in prison. That is that is also true. <laughs> I mean <laughs> when you do a fed time, you ain't gotta worry about gas prices. Don't worry about it, bro. <laughs> I, I, I respect that. I respect that. You know? Jesus good to Christ. go, man. Let that thing go. Oh my god. Oh man. Shout out to the wire. Shout out to the wire. 
I just finished that again. It's not as bad as I remembered it, but I did forget a lot of stuff on there as a side note. But anyway, transitioning from gas because nobody cares about gas, apparently. Um, let's talk about the uh, Supreme Court justice nomination, uh, Kentanji Brown. Nothing really there, just more, you know, black women getting treated like shit by old white people in public, um, pretty much disrespecting her on every level <laughs> that you can think of, not really asking her questions pertaining to her qualifications for the job, really just trying to get hot clips for, you know, various right wing uh, media outlets, which is very sad. because She's still going to get confirmed, but essentially it, it, it made them sound crazy. If they were obsessing over uh, minuscule parts of her career regarding like sentencing for child pornography, asking her if she could define what a woman was. There was something else like just asking if babies are racist, just, just all kinds of hot take culture <laughs> war bullshit. Dead, dead ass. That's, I'm, I'm not making this up. These are 100% facts. These are the facts. So, I mean, she's going to get confirmed. This wasn't doing anything to hurt her cause, but like the idea that, they weren't taking essentially taking her her vetting process seriously. It, it doesn't sit well as you know with the whole Brett Kavanaugh thing. He was up there crying and shedding tears and looking all sad because he had to answer questions about a potential sexual assault he may or may not have committed in his uh, early days. But you know, and they but they actually asked him questions about like his actual job, what he would be, you know, weighing in case wise as Supreme Court justice. So. Shout to them. Like, that's a lifetime appointment. I think I looked it up. I think they make like, I think they almost make like 300 grand a year doing that, which is insane. Because you can't get fired. So that's that's kind of cool, in my opinion. So shout out to her. Shout out to the black queen. She she will be the first African-American woman to sit on the bench. And again, that doesn't mean she was the first one that was qualified to do that. She's just the first one that has gotten a chance to do it in a new age that is trying to be more uh, diverse providing equity inclusion for not white people. So sh- shout out that GA boy. I mean, shit, good, good question. Well, our baby, she she I don't know. Question? You know, she, she might've put the spin. She might've spun on him. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a look one time. I was like, Hey bro, what you looking at dog? What's up? What you trying to do? <laughs> you know, that is she- Take the condom off. That's that's what happens. That's what? How you get <laughs> when you remove the condom, that's how you get. That's how you get racist babies. Yes, the soundboard is back. Soundboard Gabe. Soundboard Gabe is back. We out here, baby. Let's do it. Let's go. Let's fucking go. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there are a couple racist babies. I mean, how do you get racist adults without racist babies? That's facts. That's facts. You can't disagree I mean, with that. You can't really, you can't really dispute that. So, I mean, I mean, but out of out of all the cl- out of all the clips you had, <laughs> I, was so, I was like, I don't even remember saying that. Hey man, you're 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 a sicko. Uh, let's see. Yes, moving forward. Uh, has got a good point. Hitler was an enemy, so yeah, he's right. Oh my god. Hold on. So, all right. I think we've hit all the <laughs> the hot take topics. Uh, actually, there is one I want to talk about. Let's talk about male birth control. I'll let Marcus uh, hey, lead the class. He's a man with, with multiple children. Be right back. <laughs> well, I guess apparently this is something that I don't need. 
because I am I am out of the game as far as that's concerned. But there is a a, a male birth control uh, pill that's I guess that's hitting the market pretty soon, and uh, a lot of fellows are like, "Hey, man, if you could do that, you ain't got to wear a condom, man." God damn it! If you don't, if you don't <laughs> if you don't need to, you know. If you want to go out here and go raw shooting your meat milk, you know what I'm saying? Like, just pop the pill. Be straight. You know what I'm saying? Let them know. Like, hey, that baby ain't mine. I'm on the pill. I'm on the pill, baby. You ain't got to worry about me. You ain't got to worry about me. Don't, don't worry. You ain't got to worry about child support. You don't have to worry about diapers. Formula is expensive. School is expensive. Daycare. Babysitters. All you got to do, pop your plan C pill. She's on the pill. You're on the pill. Throw them rubbers out the window, man. What you need them for? Agreed on that. Or you can no just doubt. do or you can just do what I I just got a vasectomy. I'm just like, I ain't even trying to risk it. But at this point, them things is only 99.9% effective. I might get the pill anyway, honestly. I might just do I might double dip. I might double dip and get real nasty just to extra protect. So I mean, I haven't heard any like side effects of it. So well, I did see that it's just, there's like <laughs> one of the side effects is like erectile dysfunction. <laughs> And loss of sex drive, which is kind of like, oh, <laughs> no. it's like, well, then why don't I want to take this? I'll just, you know, I'll just, I'll just pull out like an adult. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I, don't, I need a pill. Like, I'll just pull out. You know, abstinence is obviously the best method, but the second best method, the pull out method. Like, you're not beating that. That's pretty much undefeated. That's 99%, 8% effective. So, go with that. That's my uh, PSA. Uh, I mean, I mean, that's the best reason to be on male birth controls because as a, you know, as a, I am a, a married faithful king, but for you heathens out there who don't want to support the latex industrial complex, this is a reason why you can, you know, get on the pill. You know what I'm saying? Like maybe if you're trying to put on a little weight, trying to bulk up for the gym, you know, it'll, it'll give you a little extra weight, get, get your hips popping, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Help you with your bench press. You can be able to squat a little bit more. I don't know, you know what I'm saying? Like, it'll give you give you excuses to, you know, maybe lash out at people. Maybe if you want to cuss oh, out your old lady. You know, like, like it, it might give you mood swings, you know what I'm saying? Like, it'll, it'll give you a lot of reasons to act a fool. Also, it's if you if your kid is one of those kids that's like looking like he's gonna be a potential, you know, ball player, like get a scholarship, maybe get to the league, get him to get on the pill when he turns 17. Like, hey, you can go out here and do what you want to do in college, but you ain't gotta we ain't gotta worry about no babies because you're taking the pill. You know what I'm saying? So you ain't gotta worry about, you know, groupies trying to get up. And I don't mean groupies in a negative way, because men can be groupies too. But you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like uh what's the name? Jesus Shuttlesworth. He could have used the pill of college. There's a lot of athletes that could use it. Antonio Cromartie. Imagine if he would have had the plan C pill back in his day. He wouldn't have 18 kids now. This is a good thing. Yes. And again, this could be this could be very game changing, especially for the women that want to trap our black kings and be like, hey, you know, um, kind of like and don't be a menace like, yo, you know, I'm, I'm pregnant. And I could be like, yo, I'm on the, I'm on the pill. <laughs> the baby ain't mine. You belong to the streets, that type of deal. Like, I, I think it'll help, man. I think, like, lawyers won't like it because now you can't trap people like that. But, like, hey, man, it's not mine. Like, it is what it is. Dan <laughs> said, I do baddies are quick. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, look, we got to protect our black kings by all means. So I'm 100% I'm down with the pill. Um, 
it, it is interesting though, uh, amongst all racial demographics, how and it's, I mean it's Twitter, but you know, facts don't matter. It's funny how all these men are willing to try this <laughs> birth control pill, but these men were trying to get vaccinated. Oh God! <laughs> you know what I'm saying like this was just experimental. It's out of the blue. I like the vaccination that was being you know worked on for 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 months before with government backing millions of dollars, but all of a sudden you can just nut in women willy nilly without any consequences, and us and you filthy men are ready to sign up. Like I, it, it doesn't make any sense. Like we we can't live like this. We can't live like this. Like Twitter was going crazy. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I have pictures of men being slutted out, like yo, when I'm on the pill and she pays, like women, women throwing men on the bed and men pulling on their drawers and stuff. Like I was like, this is this is unbecoming. <laughs> this is unbecoming. I mean, again, Chan, men might have breasts, but we can turn those breasts into pecs, hey. and then you can break that 315 bear in the bench press. You know, what I'm saying it gives you the extra oomph. Or you get you get turn them breasts in the sense. Get on that OnlyFans kick. Hey man, multiple streams of income. The gas prices are high. Get them things out there. Oil them up real quick. You be straight. You're good to go. Yeah. Again, I mentioned OnlyFans. You have to find ways. And like I said, there's something out there for everybody, right? Yes, there is. We can't we can't be sex shaming men who want to get on the pill because it's their body, their choice. And if they want to expose their breasts on the internet for a couple of dollars, then there's so definitely. There's definitely someone out there that wants to see Lowski, Lowski's bald headed, bearded ass with C cup titties. There's someone out there that's willing to pay for that. Believe you me. I'm not saying it's me, but there's someone out there that wants that. Yes. So I mean, it. You know, yeah. It, it's a. Uh, it's 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 a, it's a crazy world we're living in, man. So. Ah, uh, <laughs> uh, per- perfect time. There we go. Yeah, oh, wow. That's what all the men on the pill will be doing recklessly, without any shame and any fear of retribution from these these floozies out here that are getting between our legs, trying to take advantage of us and our vulnerable time when we're on the pill. <laughs> this is a game changer, but yes, I, I am I am all for it. <laughs> all for male birth control. Um, again, I am a wholesome king. I'm not out in the streets. Um, my loin is clean and holy and sanctified. So you guys let me know how that goes. Um, and I'm curious. I, like, shit, if there's like a stock for male birth control, I am getting it on the ground floor because I'm about to be rich. Like, <laughs> I'm about to be cashing out on this male birth control stock. So hopefully that definitely uh, materializes. All right. So let's get some, some transition game in here. Transition sounds right here. Production making moves. So let's get to music, because music is usually the biggest thing we talk about in this podcast, as it takes up a lot of time. So there's always something going on in the music industry. It's quite a bit to talk about. Uh, I guess we'll start out with uh, Lotto's album, 777. Uh, and again, if you listen to this podcast, you heard me shout this from the Raptors. If any artist wants me to listen to their music, whether they're well-known or unknown, Make it under 40 minutes. If you make it 30 minutes, I will listen to it multiple times. And that is one thing that she did. Uh, and actually with this, I actually prefer that it would have been a little bit longer because it's actually a great album. So if you haven't checked it out, uh, if you're not familiar with Lotto, she is from uh, Clayton County, which is hashtag not Atlanta. But she put out a great product. It's only 32 minutes long. 
12 tra- or 13 tracks. And one of the biggest things that surprised me on this album for you guys that haven't listened to it is that she is either she's a great singer or she's a very good singer with a great engineer. Because the singing on the album sounds, it surprised me how good it sounded. And I wouldn't mind hearing more of that. Um, I did try not to do the thing in my head that we always do when it comes to uh, female artists or women artists is to compare them. Um, so what I would say, she can compete with any rapper, right? And I think she can compete with most artists. And if we're going to go to the third level of this, I think she might be better than your favorite. I'm not going to say male or female, but I think she has the potential at 23, very young artist, still very young, still, still coming up in the game, better than your favorite. That's 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 what I would say. Okay, so that G boy is saying she can't sing, but she can hold a note. Like I said, she might have a great engineer. Like her engineer might be fire. Because when I was here, I was like, oh shit, like this is this is fire. Like I I, I can bang with this. So this is definitely going on my list right now. Well, not yet, but maybe after a couple of listens, I'll probably put it on my list of top albums as of now. There hasn't been too much coming out. Um, I still would say Nas's Magic is at the top for me, followed by Tenet Talk 4 by Bane the Butcher. Shout out to all the people sleeping on Griselda, which I do not understand how that is at this point in the game, but definitely jump on the Griselda uh, bandwagon. Uh, but yeah, definitely check that out. My favorite song on there is Sunshine featuring Lil Wayne and Childish Gambino. And then after that, I'd probably say Sleep Sleep, but yeah, it's, it's a lot of great songs, but uh, y'all let me know y'all's thoughts on it. I definitely, um, oh, I'm sorry. Well, I, I definitely liked the album. Um, it was short. It was precise. It was fun. Um, and I didn't, like, once again, TikTok, I didn't know about the BD energy. Like, I was hearing it so much. Like, I, I actually like that song. It's one of my favorite Mariah Carey songs. She rides that beat. She has a pretty cool flow overall. And I definitely can see a lot of longevity with her, like, with, the fun projects like this. Like to me, this is the album for the summer. Like it's got some bangers on it. So for sure. All right. So I, obviously I'm, I agree with everybody else as far as the album goes. I thought it was really cool. I think this is kind of, I didn't really think about it until text said it, but this is like a album for the summer. This is kind of what uh, we expected from Drake from certified lover boy was like, Hey, these are songs that you can play. Like, parties, clubs, strip clubs, pool parties, all that stuff. This is the album that has a lot of those songs on it. <clears throat> but before I get any any further into this, uh, I guess for the people in the chat or people that are even listening on the podcast, something might be going on with Lotto. And I don't know if it's my phone, but if you go to like, I, I use Apple Music, right? So if you go to like the hip hop section, click on hip hop or whatever. And there, if you scroll down a little bit, they have like all the new releases, right? So if you go to new releases and you scroll down, at least on my phone, I don't know if it's like that on anybody else's phone, but if you can see on my phone, you do not see Lotto's album on here. Well, actually real quick, let's let's boo this Coons to use this Apple still. Like who does that? I haven't used Apple since title has come out. And that's why you couldn't see a young black queen's album on the new album things because you're selling out. They want you to listen to Jack Harlow and Post Malone first. 
I just thought it open your third eye. Open your third eye. I, I just thought it was funny that her uh, album didn't show up, especially someone like her who's been doing like the the role, the proper rollout stuff, doing the interview tour, the uh, freestyle at the booth, all that stuff. Um, just some some like super nitpicky things that I didn't understand. Uh, the first two songs, I don't understand why that was split in half. Like that should just been one continuous song. Just because you switched the beat up doesn't mean it's a whole new song. Just make it should just been seven seven seven. Just make that the song. It shouldn't have been part one and then part two. Like I thought that was a little bit silly. Uh, part of that bit. might have been for streaming purposes because that's another oh, clickable, clickable stream. You know what I'm saying? Big energy is for big energy is to be like, oh, like this is the song that's going to do with the numbers that makes this album platinum because a lot of people didn't like that song when it first came out. But uh, uh, Childish Gambino, glad to hear him rapping again. That was a he had a pretty solid verse on that. I really liked uh, hearing him. I thought he was going to be like singing the hook, honestly, but he came in rapping. I was like, okay, cool, like this is what we're getting. Um, and uh, Lil Dark, man, I, I think I'm I think I'm out, man. I might be out on him. Like people told me that he was like him, and I think Lil Baby did a project, and I listened listen to that. that. Yeah, and I was like, it's okay. And he yeah, kind of had yeah. a they he had a couple of ones, and I'm just like, all right. And I listened to his album, and I'm like, Ugh. and I'm hearing more features. I'm like, this guy suckers it just me. Like, what's going on here? I don't i I don't want to say he sucks. I'm not gonna say he sucks. It's the okay. No, let's just stick on Lotto. I really wait, like wait, no, 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 wait a second, wait a second. We we need to stick on we need to stick on Mr. Uh, oh, they got a bonus track switch already. What the heck? Oh, they got a oh, I don't know if this is out yet, but there is a bonus edition of this album that has a big energy remix featuring DJ Khaled and Mariah Carey. So and another song called Real Ones. I don't know if that's on there, but I'll, I'll definitely be definitely be checking that out. But let let me one one thing. Let's go to Little Dirk. Little Dirk, he he's he, he's a funny guy, funny funny guy. So just a side note on his last little project, and let me give him credit for his work, credit for his work um, on that overhyped last album that he just put out called Seventy Two Twenty. And I spoke about this last week. There's a song where he said when he farts, it smells like like Percocets and lean, or sounds like bro, like. What would make you say that? Dog? Like that's a wild, wild line. Um, and he says something else crazy. Let me go through this. Just these lyrics, bro. What? Oh man, let's say I'm tripping. Blah blah blah. Blah blah blah. <laughs> blah, blah. Talking about when I leave, she be calling me bogus. She's a vegan, but be eating my Polish. Oh she, my God. <laughs> Here it goes. <laughs> she was screaming, moaning. My semen exploded. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> oh no. No, Dirk, please. No. Come on, Dirk. We can't go on like that. Bro. My semen exploded, bro. That is disgusting. <laughs> he, did a, he did an interview where they were asking him, like, hey, like, how much does the feature go for? That man said, Three hundred and fifty thousand dollars. I was like, "Nigga, are you crazy? Who is paying those prices for that type of lyricism?" Did you? Did y'all? I don't know if y'all probably didn't listen to it, but did y'all listen to Lucky Day's album? Not yet. He's got a little dirt feature on there. That shit is trash. I'm sorry. That is one of the worst features on a damn near flawless album. 
he ruined that man's album and his sing that 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 almost made me not want to listen to his album. I'm a big fan of Lucky Day, but when I heard that as like uh, I think it was his second single, I'm like, Doug, no. Like if I'm Lotto or whoever, like for three hundred fifty thousand dollars, you could have got Saucy Santana and Flo Millie on a song. Like you didn't need that. Save your money, get some better artists and some better rappers and some better features because this. It ain't it, it, and maybe it's my age, but it's that verse is not good. He's not a good feature artist, and he his solo album is too long. And he don't be talking about. It. He doesn't have enough to really say, and he's not saying it saying it on a level that is like uh, entertaining or different than anything else he's ever done. It's like him. I'm not gonna say that, but like yeah. just he he needs to be the spokesperson for uh, male contraceptives. He has six kids. He's the take the condom off. God, take the condom off. God, yes, he's a he's a wild boy, definitely a wild boy. Now NWA's NWA by Lucky Day is a great song, but that Dirk feature is not it. That's not like I was listening to it, and then I heard Dirk say that, and I listened to it again. I'm just like, dog. If you'd have got Wale on this song, Wale would have killed that. Like Wale's the perfect artist for that song. Like. It, we got to get away from this thing where we're just calling the same like five people to do your features. Like it can't, it can't. Every feature can't be Dirt, Baby, and and, and Twenty One Savage. Like let's try to branch out a little bit. Like I promise you, I promise you. I mark my words. If Kendrick Lamar's album has a fucking little baby or a little Dirk or a Twenty One Savage feature on it, I'm going to be pissed. I'm just gonna put that out there right now, and I will get on Twitter, and I will put, I will change my Abby to fucking Hey Ocho, and I will go at Kendrick for at least a week. This ain't no fucking way you can do that, man. Oh. It's enough. Leave me alone, little baby. Okay, I've had enough. Like you're, I've had enough. You've said enough. Just sit down for a little bit. Just go away. Get in the studio. Work on your albums. You don't need to like. If Lil Baby would have popped up on Adele's album, I wouldn't have been surprised, honestly. If he'd have been, if he'd had a feature there, because he's been on fucking everything. Like Jesus Christ, man. Same recycled verses over and over again from him and Dirk. Like I tried to get into Dirk. I've been trying to get into Dirk, and it's like it's okay. It all it almost puts me in the mind of like Webby. Um, and when it, with his run, like. Okay, it's cool at first time, and then it's like okay, and then it's like okay, okay, and then you're just doing the same stuff. Okay, I, I get you. So that's how I kind of feel with, with both of those artists. Like if if Dirk is on a song, he doesn't make or break a song to me. Um, it just kind of is what it is with him, baby. I'm just I'm tired of the same flow, melody, auto tune, all that. Like it's just over and over and over again. So I'm, I'm kind of tired of both of those. So um, I'll be glad when they actually get some real artists that can do these things that are multifaceted instead of, like you said, re it's like the T-Pain run. Like just, he's everywhere. They're everywhere constantly. Oh my goodness. Well, I think just artists that could actually bring something a little bit different. Like I think Lil Durk and, and Baby are probably better in doses like smaller doses but we're like the last two years it's just been a bombardment of those two and it's just like 
it's almost like they don't realize like they're saying the same thing over and over again. Like even you go back to like a Lil Wayne run with that he had, <clears throat> that he had in like the 2010s or early you know 2008 through 2011 or whatever, and it's just like yeah, Wayne would be on every song or Jeezy would be on every song, but they would like elevate the song. They would bring more to the song and do, uh, you know, different things and, and just make the song their own at some point. But like these two guys are just not doing it. And I, I know Southbreeze was saying earlier that he's, <clears throat> as far as the first quarter goes for uh, rap albums that have come out that have yet to surpass. Because at the beginning of the year, or like at the end of last year, uh, Nas dropped Magic, and we were just like, hey, this album's so good, but it came out so late that we're just going to roll it into 2022. And for a while, that was like the best album to come out for a couple of months. But I think right now, I could probably give you five albums that are better than what Nas put out. And I would start, I think right now for me, if I had, for the first quarter of 2022, I think the best album to come out is uh, Earth Gang, Ghetto Gods, that's going to be my, uh, that's the best album for me that I've listened to uh, this year. And I think number two, I'm going to put Benny the Butcher, Tana Talk 4. Uh, number three, an album that just came out um, recently. And maybe it's just, I'm um, just still in it, but uh, Denzel Curry's album that just dropped, that would be number uh, three. And then, uh, Saba and Conway would round out four and five, but I, I think I think we're getting into the we're getting into a, a good little groove now with as far as like rap releases. I think a lot of artists are starting to step up and be like, all right, let, let me get my. Especially like Conway really stepped up with his his last album, um, God Doesn't Make Mistakes. Like, I'll say that I don't like it as much as his previous album. But I will say that the writing is way better, and he got way more personal on his album. Like there was some, there were certain songs where he's saying stuff and he's rapping about these things, and I'm just like, "Yo, why, why are you telling me this? Like, there, I shouldn't be hearing, I shouldn't know these things about you. I shouldn't know these, uh, these thoughts about you because these, this seems extremely personal, like." Talking about, you know, I guess I'll, I'll let people listen to the album, but it, there was a lot of personal stuff on there. And I think that shows growth for him as an artist as far as like, oh, he's just a street guy, coke rapper, whatever, whatever. And it's like, nah, he can, he's shown that he can uh, rap about more personal things, show show you more insight in what he's been going through uh, in his life. And I, I think that's a, a good uh, evolution for him as a rapper. And I, I, I wasn't expecting that, honestly. But yeah, Earth Gang, uh, that GA boy saying that Pink Sweats' album, like Pink Sweats, I think I said it maybe two or three episodes ago, like he should be one of the, the faces of R&B. Like he should be getting some of these features, some of these looks. And it's just like, it, it's, there, there's artists like Pink Sweats, Lucky Day, Tier Major Nine, Earth Gang, Denzel Curry. There's a lot of creative artists out here that you can get to feature on your projects. We don't have to keep digging in the same well of the same five or six artists to get a feature. We don't need to keep reaching out to, okay, let me call, I got an R&B song, let me call uh, Post Malone again. You know, like there's a lot more, there's a lot more better R&B acts out there that you can reach out to. 
but Denzel Curry for sure is uh, Xavier. Oh man, see, okay, so we, are we gonna do R and B because we can do R and B like Xavier Omar. Yeah, yeah. Omar Apollo is really good. Um, Tier Major Nine is someone else that I that I mentioned. Uh, FKW Twigs is great. Uh, who else we got on here? Uh, another album that wasn't like super super rap, but had more a melody <clears throat> into it that that came out this year that I really enjoyed was uh, Big Crits uh, Digital Roses Don't Die. That was a that was an experience, and it. it it was an album that I was not expecting. Like I did not expect him to go into that direction where it's just like, okay, you're doing more personal stuff. You know, I don't want to do the lazy thing and say that this is his uh, Waste and Heartbreaks where it's just like, there's a lot of emotion to it, but it's not, there's, there's a little bit more highs to it, more ebbs and flows and Waste and Heartbreaks. Like Waste and Heartbreaks was more a little bit down, a little bit uh, lower in the emotional realm. But uh, for Crit, there was a lot more um, of the highs and the excitements and the the uh, beginnings of romance. It wasn't more, it wasn't focused on the end and on the heartbreak. It was more so of the entire journey of a relationship as opposed to being at, at the end. And I, I, I liked hearing that from uh, from Crit. It was just something that, you know, like obviously I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting him to come out and rap at a high level as he always does. But this was a nice change of pace for him. So I definitely wasn't mad at that. <clears throat> but uh, I'm just going to keep going. Two changes <laughs> out. What? Oh, nothing. I was just listening. Like, I'm taking notes because I need to kind of get and explore new artists. So this is like a learning opportunity for me. Well, yeah, I mean, there, I mean, there's a couple artists that have, that are a little bit more established that have put out albums this year that people just kind of, like I try to kind of keep notes and keep track of these things as they come out because it's easy to just like, okay, Two Chains dropped the album in January and it's, we're going into April and people just tend to forget about that. That happened last year with Conway, his album. I said it was... I said it was an album all year until uh, Tyler, the creator dropped. And I was like, okay, but this is the second best album of the year. And people just forgot about it because it came out in January. And it's just like, we can't just, we can't just let these artists put so much work into these bodies of work just for us to listen to it two or three times the weekend it drops and then forget about it for the rest of the year. Like there's a, and, and that even goes for albums that came out the previous year. Like there's still albums from last year that probably didn't get a fair listen. That probably deserved it. Well, I, my counter to that is like that two chains project wasn't that good. So that's probably what it was. It was, it was solid. There was some solid moments in there, but at the time, at the time when it came out, I was like, "This is pretty good." Now, there's been better albums that have come out since since then. Like three months later, there's better albums out now. But at the time when it came out, I was like, "This is a solid project." Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, again, if you haven't checked out uh, Dro Kenji, his album is actually really good. Shout out to Somerville, South Carolina. It's a short album, too, so I'll definitely check that out. <clears throat> I forgot what it's called, though, but uh, With or Without You, it's really good. 
uh, Jeremiah's R&B album is pretty good. Late Nights with Jeremiah. Uh, yeah. So I don't know if you guys talked about it because I I'd step away, but did we talk about the Doja Cat situation? No. So I, I guess long and short, I don't, I don't necessarily think it may be, be as deep as the internet made it out to be. Um, unlike the uh, Chica situation, which I think is much deeper, I think that's I think that was pretty serious. But um, with the Doja Cat situation, I guess there was something that happened, and essentially she said she didn't want to do music anymore. Um, I think is more or less uh, she's having a bad day, and uh, you know that's what people do. Like there was a point where Ari Lennox said that she wanted to quit and join the army, and <laughs> that clearly didn't happen. That was a great great day on Twitter. Um, but I guess the other point that Twitter brought up when this came up is that people were discussing or arguing, which is all people do on Twitter, whether she is a rapper or not. And that made me think, like, because you can rap, does that make you a rapper? Because somebody went and was like, oh, y'all are arguing about her being a rapper. Uh, well, if she's not a rapper, then Drake's not a rapper. I'm like, I need to slow down, slow down a little bit. And then somebody was like, oh, since you guys are saying Doja Cat's not a rapper, here's two minutes of Doja Cat rapping. And I was like, I mean, because you can rap, does that make you a rapper, right? Like my example is, which thoroughly pisses me off, and I've said this on the podcast before, uh, if you go back to uh, uh, the last NERD album they put out that had... uh, the song with Pharrell and had Rihanna rapping, right? So she was rapping. I'm pretty sure somebody probably wrote those raps, which is neither here nor there. But like, just because she can rap, does that make her a rapper? Because the two minute thing stuck in my head because like the average rap song is like two or three minutes, right? So just because you have two minutes of rap, does that make you a rapper or does that mean you just can rap? You know what I'm saying? Like it's a I'm kind of saying, like, speaking out of both sides of my mouth, but it, it is an interesting thought. Because, again, Rihanna has rapped. She's not a rapper, though. Like, Beyonce well, has rapped. She's Doja, not a rapper, though. Doja Cat does have a lot. I, I wish I wish we kind of had Rev on because she's a bigger Doja Cat fan than I am. But there's Doja Cat has, like, a lot of songs where she's rapping. But it's like we kind of get lost in this like labels thing where you have to like, you have to be labeled as, are you a rapper or are you a singer or, and, and that's it. You can't, you know, you can't be both. You know what I'm saying? Like I remember there was a, there was a conversation about this like a, a year ago, I think with um, uh, Lizzo, there was a big debate about like, is Lizzo a rapper or not? Like, is she a singer or is she a rapper? And people were trying to say like, she's a rapper. And I think when it comes, if we're going to compare like Doja Cat, and Lizzo, I would say Doja Cat is more of a rapper than Lizzo is. But if you're comparing, is Doja Cat the same type of rapper as, as Remy Ma or as Benny the Butcher? Probably not. But the only thing that distinguishes the, the those two types of artists is that those like Remy Ma and Papoose are more like hardcore, lyrical, miracle bars all the way through, whereas Doja Cat is more her raps are, are more pop friendly. That doesn't make them um, the bars any less or like cheaper or anything. They're still she's still talented. She can still rap. And if they if they had like a BET cipher, she could get in that. She could do that. I think she could. 
she's an artist. It's it's hard to it's hard to put her in a box. Like she's kind of in that in that Nicki Minaj realm where it's just like Nicki Minaj can rap, but if Nicki Minaj wanted to do the things that Doja Cat has been doing these last couple of years, Nicki Minaj could have been doing that. She could have been doing these like full length albums with like just pop songs and radio friendly songs. There's, but it, but you also kind of want to gatekeep it because you like because that that's how we end up with Post Malone being a rapper. Like he's 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 up for uh, BET awards and rap categories and the Grammys and things like that. And it's like, yo, that's that's he's not it. But those, uh, it it's it's tough. Like I said, I feel like I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth by saying Post Malone is not a rapper, but saying Doja Cat is a rapper. Like, well, even mentioning Doja Cat with Nicki Minaj is like underselling that Nicki Minaj has outrapped like the top rappers in the game. So that's. That's kind of, I think, where it gets a little bit muddy. You know what I'm saying? It's still new, but there, I, the only reason I compared her to Nicki Minaj is because Nicki Minaj also does the uh, the pop songs, the R&B songs, the singing songs, the EDM songs, the more uh, drill music now. <laughs> drill music, and and you know more catchy radio friendly songs. I mean, that's it, it is what it is. Like she she raps over pop beats, and I. I I don't know. And, and maybe it's, it's what South Breeze is saying. Like, just because you can rap, that doesn't make you a rapper. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can cook, but I'm not a chef. You know? It's, there's, I guess there's levels to it. Maybe you have to you have to hit certain benchmarks and create your albums in a certain way for it to be considered, for you to be considered a rapper. But I, I don't know. They're, they're, like, like Lil John say- is not a rapper. He's in the rap category. Well, I would say I'd say it it comes from peer respect. So, like, if her peers were saying that she's a good, a great rapper, then she's a rapper. But if like fourteen year old white girl is like, oh my god, I love Doja Cat, she's my favorite rapper, then that leaves me a little bit of pause when it comes to taking her serious as a as an MC. So, I do think if she decided, if she went out and was like, hey. I'm going to just strictly make an album where I'm just rapping. I think she, I think she do that. She has the talent to do that. I just don't. I just don't think she. There's no point in doing that for her. For her, yeah. I don't don't think her label would like that either because they know her lane. Like they know where the money is at. Again, I don't. She's not leading off with like rap songs. Like, hey, you gonna do the pop thing? You can slide some bars in if you want to. But they know where the where the bread is buttered at. You know. Yes. So, wow, that's. I like Doja Cat though. I, I mean, I, I the whole showing feed in a racial chat thing still always populates my brain when her name comes up. But she makes good music, so there is. I mean, it it is what it is. It's just like man, that's where that Remy Ma bring her up though. Like, what was that? What was the point of that? I think it came up on like uh, I don't know. Again, as the the only world listener of the Bill Button podcast, it came up. And they didn't want to talk about it because they're they're scared of Remy Ma because she's about that life. So um, it's it's probably nothing. Like it's uh, you know I the story. I was on Drink Champs. Yeah, Drink Champs. I mean, I'm sure people do listen to Drink Champs, but like outside of like the Kanye West episode, and that might be it. I think that's the only episode I've ever listened to. To be honest, I listened to the Kanye one, the Wale one. The Big Sean one and the Gang one. I listen to those four. It, I don't like the. I, I get why people like it. Like, 
I, I would say it's kind of like the, the whole ESPN thing. I'd say it's more like a first take-ish. It's like a lot of yelling, a lot of noises, which it's I think like gets, gets away of the substance. Like, well, the, I was like, family, y'all got to stop with all this yelling. And yeah, conceptually, I, mean, I, I think it's cool. But like, I, I don't want drunken stories because then stuff starts to get kind of I feel like you can get more out of an artist if you're having like an a, an intimate, honest converse, an intimate, honest, sober conversation, like with Joe Budden and Nicki Minaj. Joe Budden like is the like best. That. I think you get a better interview. Joe Budden is the best. Honestly, it's Joe Budden is the best interviewer that's out right now. And honestly, second place, I, I'm, I'm mad I can't think of his name. The guy from Hot Ones. I don't know if you watched that show. He yeah. is a great. He is a great interviewer. If you watch his hot ones episodes when he talks to people like it, it's it is more so like determined on who he's interviewing like i, I watched the he did a, he interviewed Pusha t and Pusha t wasn't able to continue on with the the hot wings challenge like the further you go the you know the more questions you get or whatever and the interview got cut short because Pusha t didn't want to finish because it was too hot so that was a bad interview but that wasn't on him but it's just like that guy, he he he's very well researched and will get a lot of good answers out of people. Like I, I didn't think that I would, but I Sean Evans, I thoroughly enjoy watching his interviews. Like I'll watch him pretty much interview anybody. Like even if I'm not interested in them, he will find a way to get you uh, interested in them. So like if you hot ones is a is a really good, he's a good guy. Well, that actually opens up a smooth transition. Smooth transition. Uh, when you brought up Pusher T. So if you haven't heard, Pusher T, uh, for whatever reason, decided to diss McDonald's fish filet sandwich, which I can understand because it's a trash, disgusting product. And I, he just brought that to the light. Uh, if you don't know, uh, Pusher T was behind the infamous McDonald's I'm Loving It jingle. Uh, he wrote it back in 2003 per Genius.com. And he says himself that he took a super L about the jingle. Uh, just up front, he did not receive any publishing. And he only received $500,000 for that song. So, again, kind of his fault, but he was probably a young, up and, well, young up-and-coming rapper. You know, $500,000 is a lot of money. We don't understand how the industry works. But, fam, any McDonald's you go to, what does the sign on the front say? Right? Billion served. <laughs> Daily, the money, yeah, daily. The money they gave Pusher T was like an afternoon in like New York City, right? So if you think about that on the scale of the 50, 50 states in the various countries McDonald's in, he played himself, but also McDonald's played him. So uh, if you didn't also know, Pusher T for some reason is like the fast food jingle god. <laughs> He's behind the uh, Arby's jingle, we have the meats, right? Which, again, <laughs> don't understand how you get in these circles where you're making fast food jingles. But he, he decided to make a, a, a apparently a dish diss against a fish fillet. Um, I highly encourage that you listen to it. But uh, I guess the most impressive thing about this, this, uh, this diss song is that, A, it came out of nowhere, and B... Um, I, I can't wait for the vitriol the Fox News has for us when they realize that he slid a cocaine reference into a song dissing a processed fish sandwich at McDonald's. That's what I can't wait for. It'll probably happen like six months 
when they finally realize what's happened and then they'll blame the rap community for destroying America and causing the conflict in the Ukraine or something like that. But it's coming. Just just wait for it. Book it. I'm just going to throw something random out here because I just saw it on Twitter. Uh, shout out to uh, Michael Pratt. He asked, is Gwen Stefani a rapper? No. <laughs> Absolutely not. What, about the other, what was the other girl? Uh, ah, what's her name? Promiscuous girl, what's her name that sang that song? Oh, uh, Tato. Is she a rapper? Who? Ellie Furtado? Oh, no, Trump. Nah. Absolutely not. Is Lil Nas X a rapper? Mm, I don't think so. I feel like he's more of a pop star. But that's the thing. Like, you can be a pop star in rap, though. Like, there's okay, a lot of pop. Well, Okay, well let's let's flip it around. Is rapping, but you know what I'm saying? Like they're they're that's the thing with rap. Like you can just I feel like you can just you can just sprinkle rap in any genre. Like country artists are rapping on songs, pop stars are rapping on songs. Like you just do it. RB artists do it. Like six like um six black. Is he a rapper? Because he's not a singer. He's in the RB genre, but he's like mostly rapping. Bryson Tiller, is he a rapper? I mean, okay, to flip it, is Drake a singer? Is Drake a singer? He can sing, apparently, but is he a singer? I'd say no. Exactly. I think that's kind of the same argument they're having. Like, I don't think I don't think the Beyonces and Adele's of the world are lauding Drake's well, vocal ability. Here's the thing, but Drake is a good enough. Okay, and this is what I said to Pratt. I said, in 2022, Gwen Stefani is a singer. In 2022, in the 2020s, Drake is a singer. Drake is a, Drake is just as good of a singer as Black, as Bryson Tiller, as Brent Fayez. I guess a lot of these, a lot of these male R&B singers aren't out here pushing Luther Vandross vocals out here. They're not Gerald LeVert, you know what I'm saying? They're not out here singing. They're not pushing. They're not singing like Usher. Like the the standard in the bar and the uh, yeah basically the standard for being an R and B singer isn't that high. It's not as high as it used to be. So like Future, is he an R and B singer? Because in twenty twenty two he is an R and B singer and a rapper, but he's good at, he's good enough to be an R and B singer with the way that R and B is right now. Like the standard for singing for men isn't that high, which is kind of annoying when you consider that there are good singers out there. Rod Wave, is he a singer or is he a rapper? He's a singer now. He's a simp. That's what he <laughs> is. <laughs> or like Baby Keem, is he a singer or is he a rapper? <laughs> Baby Keem is clearly a rapper. <laughs> Top of the morning. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I think the standards have changed for, for what a, a, a particular artist is. It's like, for for R and B, you don't have to be a vocalist anymore. You don't have to do that. And, and for rapping, you don't have to. You don't have to come through. You don't have to go to Funk Flex. You don't have to go to Hot ninety seven and go freestyle over freaking Quiet Storm. You don't have to do that. You don't have to sell mixtapes out of the trunk of your car anymore. You don't have to get on. You don't have to have a mixtape rapping over you know the number one songs in the country anymore. Like you don't have to do that. You don't have to um, bar yourself to death. You don't have to go to the BET cipher. You don't have to do that. 
I mean, you can do it, but it's like, what's the point? Like, you, what do you gain from going to going to a cipher or freestyling? Unless you're unless you have an album coming out. But damn, I need to get that uh, flex drop on here. I get that on here next week probably. But yeah, for bars, we want to hear want to hear bars. That's what it's all about. Lyrical, miracle, rapidity, rapidity, capity. Uh, that J, well, you said. Are you saying that brilliant idiots and big facts are the best interviewers? I, I hope that's not what you're saying. I, I can't speak on those. I, I can't wait uh, or speak on those because I don't, I don't listen to, the, to those uh, two people or those two. I love uh, big facts. Are I, I used to listen to brilliant idiots religiously, but it did. It, it just it just wasn't hitting the same for me after a little while. I'm not gonna lie. Like, well. It's, it's almost like what uh like what Lil Uzi and what Juice World Juice World were and are doing. Like, yeah, they're rapping, but they're also doing that emo rock stuff, like the stuff that you know that KJ listens to. You know what I'm saying? Like KJ listens to some of the, the emo stuff. Not 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 in a negative way, but he listens to more like alternative type music stuff too. But and now rappers are starting to do that. So it's like are you now an alternative rock rock person or are you a rapper that does that you know and maybe you could do that with doja cat doja cat is a pops a pop artist who raps lizzo is a pop artist who raps drake is a rapper who sings so what is t-pain then a rapper turned singer (laughs) fair enough (laughs) That's a weak. That gunshot was kind of weak. Let's get it stronger. There we go. Yeah. I mean, again, it, and like uh, that GA boy said, <laughs> trans genres. I mean, yeah. And again, we we kind of got to be better about boxing in <clears throat> black artists and not giving them the runway to you know diversify their sound and evolve and grow. Because like when you can do stuff like that, you can have diverse audiences. You can like tour forever, right? So that's. I guess that makes sense. So um, that is that is that is interesting. Um, yeah, I think we had everything on <clears throat> music wise. So uh, let's see. I know you brought up, and I don't know where this thought came from, but you suggested that the X Men should be used like into the Spider Verse, and I, I'm trying to figure out where that, where your thought process with that is. Okay. Yeah. So just with a lot of the. Uh... The animated shows and movies that have been coming out, um, they're they've been very well done. Um, I watched like you know like the Turning Reds and Cantos. Um, it was another one, like a boy turned into a fish or something. But the main one that I was thinking about was uh, Spider Man Enter the Spider Verse, and I remember seeing it like a commercial for it or an advertisement for it. And I was like, they're doing an animated Spider-Man movie. Like, they're putting this in theaters. Like, I don't want to go to a theater and watch this. Like, this this is not going to be good. And a year or two later, it was on Netflix. I popped it in and I watched it. And I'm like, yo, this is like top five MCU movie. Like, that's out right now and of all time. Like, it's one of the better I'd probably, you could make an argument that it's the best Spider-Man movie that's out right now that's ever been made. 
And there was a part of me that thought about like, how would that movie had looked if they had done it just like a regular MCU movie? Like just, we're gonna get live actors, live sets, all that stuff, and just shoot this like a regular movie. And I'd kind of think of some of the scenes that I that were in that movie, and I'm just like, this wouldn't have worked. This wouldn't have been the same movie. It wouldn't have had the same feel, and um, you couldn't have you couldn't have explored as much of the Spider Verse in real life as you could animated. You just have you just have way more freedom when you animate things and. I think the X-Men franchise and characters have a lot going on. There's a lot of mutants that have a lot of different powers, that have a lot of different abilities, that have a lot of different ways of showing it. And I think trying to display that with real life actors on a real life set, trying to master the whole CGI thing and, and... animated things, trying to put things, crane screening things is going to be tough for a lot of, especially if they're trying to put like a lot of, not maybe not even a lot of characters, but if they're just trying to push a lot more creativity into the movies, I think that the, uh, the characters would have more freedom to actually be X-Men and like show like, hey, this is how powerful uh, a Cyclops can be or a Magneto can be or introducing like Sentinels and uh, all these other characters, Gambit and stuff like that without it looking cheesy, without it being like, okay, well, that's obviously a green screen. They're obviously, this is not real. Things of that nature. And I just I just go back to Enter the Spider-Verse. Like if you could tell me that they're going to take as much, and obviously they would, if you tell me like, hey, we're going to give you the mar- the same Marvel budget, we're going to give you uh, big names, we're going to cast well-known actors to put to voice these roles and have them drawn well animated well all these things directed well great screen um plays uh scores all these things we're going to treat this like an mc mcu movie it's just going to be animated i feel like you give your i feel like marvel opens more doors for what they can do as far as exploring their characters and showing the things that they can do on on the big screen I mean, I've said stuff like this before um, with certain shows and certain series. Again, it's, it's been a long time. I've been slacking. I actually got in the mix today, but like they should make animes for a lot of these shows because with like, because I don't think there's any argument that like anime style of like animation is like by far superior to anything Americans can produce, right? Yeah. So far, the the best. Like, I think nostalgia gets us a little bit with, like, oh, what about, like, Batman the anime series and stuff like that? Like, that's cool. It definitely stood the test of time. But, like, go watch Attack on Titan or or go watch, like, Jujutsu Kaisen or go watch any of these other top-tier animation, these top-tier, like, studios. American, like, cartoonists are not competing with, like, the the stuff they bring to the table, like, across the board as far as intro music, like, the... uh, the fighting choreography, like it's it's pretty in depth. So and it and it gives you the runway to like Marcus said to explore those stories. Like shit, Naruto's like five hundred episodes. You know what I'm saying? 
Now you're like trying one to piece on. has been on for like 20 years. It's like over a thousand episodes. So if you if you like if you want to do an origin story, and, and that's my my joke with Naruto, I guess one thing that people don't like is that like literally everybody, everything has a backstory. Like the random trap, the random like can that's being blown down the road has a backstory. And that backstory has a backstory. Like that's like literally every character has like a backstory. It's it's insane. I think one of uh, a moment that I could point out to is uh, Captain America: Civil War, like the airport scene where you have all the superheroes like on one side running at each other to have this kind of a battle, and it's like that was cool. But imagine if it was animated and you could you had more space and freedom to really like have a battle between all of these characters, and you could like I feel like characters like Wanda and Doctor Strange and Vision get a little bit, you give them a little bit more freedom to really show what they can do. Like even in uh, Endgame, when Wanda shows up with Thanos, and it's just like, you didn't, you still didn't really get the full scope of how powerful she actually is. Even in WandaVision, that towards the end, it's just like, you know, she's up in the sky, but you don't really get a few, like you don't really get, you don't understand the scale of the power that she has because you can only do so much with an actual real person behind a green screen. Whereas if you can animate it, you can show a little bit more, you can do a little bit more, you can take more creative risk as far as showing the type of powers and abilities that she has. And I, I, I don't know, I just kind of think that if if they were to, for some reason, like, you know, 10, 15 years from now, decide like, hey, we're gonna just reboot the whole MCU and just start all over, I think they should do it animated. And I feel like if they did an animated one, then you don't have to worry about like actors getting older or aging or not looking the same, not being in the gym as much. You just go in there, record, do your voiceovers in the studio, send it in and be good. But you can you can do way more. Like you don't have to worry about like, okay, what's Robert Downey Jr.'s contract looking like? Okay, can we get uh, Hugh Jackman to do Wolverine again? Who do we get to do these? Blah, yeah, there's just a lot more things you have to worry about, whereas, like, uh, uh, what's the name of that show? Invincible. I think Invincible is a great show, but it's animated, and they they do a lot with that show. There's a lot, like, with the animations, you can just do more. And I think we, if you put, put great writing and great directors and that money, that budget, and you let people take chances, I think it could be something, it, it could be a game changer. Only reason that'll never happen is like you just said, money. Like there's you're not getting the same bag animating a show versus having people pay twenty dollars to go see in theaters and buy a thousand dollars worth of popcorn and sodas and stuff like that. That's kind of the, the bigger thing with that, why that will probably never happen. It's a great idea. I think they should do it anyways, just because like you can, right? Like let's say that Marvel want to go back. Let's say they do. Let's say they do a hard reset. Let's say they get to the end of whatever phase. Let's say they get to the end of this, you know, iteration of Marvel of the MCU. Because with the comics, how the stories are, there's many different Marvel universes. There's many stories where like everything ends and then it just resets. So let's say they did that. They want to take a break, regroup, recast, bring some different stories as we have better technology and stuff like that in the future. I think what they could do, which would be interesting, if they made like an anime series based off that first phase, right? But like you said, with uh, Civil War, like the fight scene where they were split up, 
Like you can you can do that, and like you said, you can explore more, but you can also show like, hey, how did they gather up all these people on the other side? Like, what was that conversation like? Like, how did that go down? You're talking about like TV show. You're talking about a TV series. I'm talking about the anime. Yeah, but what I'm saying is you could do. So you're saying that they wouldn't do it because of the money, and I, I agree with that to a point because when Into the Spider Verse first came out, a lot of people didn't see it in theaters. It took people kind of seeing it on Netflix to be like, whoa, this movie's actually great. I would have liked it. Was it was on Netflix? Well, I, I saw it. I bought it after it. No. Uh, you know what? You're right. I did. I saw it on Netflix, and then I bought it after that because it was so good. Yeah, I, it was I regret on, not seeing it in theaters. Okay. So I'm in that same boat. Enter the Spider-Verse 2. Are you going to go see it in theaters? Yeah, absolutely. That's the difference. Like, uh, you just you just need one. So now it's like, okay, all the people that saw Enter the Spider-Verse in theaters, you already got them. All the people that saw it on Netflix or saw it late, now you have them. Now you now your theater um, income is going up. So you can continue to do if you're just like, hey, the people that did Spider-Verse, we're gonna do a, I don't know, Guardians of the Galaxy animated movie. It's gonna be in theaters, it's by Marvel or whoever, those people are gonna go to the theater because we went to the theater for Spider-Man 2, and then people went and saw the first Spider-Man. I I just think there there is more um, creativity to unlock if you if you go that route. But as far as the uh, the anime thing you were mentioning, there's a there's a series on there's a Star Wars series on Disney Plus called Star Wars Focus, I believe, and it's something. It was it's a really great series. It's actually what I thought. Uh, uh, what if from the MCU was going to be? I almost want to look up what the uh, the Star Wars show was called. But what they did was that they have like five separate like stories. It's in it's in a Star Wars universe, but it's not based on any like it's like Black Mirror for Star Wars. It's just in the Star Wars universe. Like there's lightsabers exist, Jedi's exist, the, the Sith exists, all those things. But none of these stories are connected, but they're told in different anime styles. If that means, I think you Star actually Wars visions, Star Wars visions, and that's kind of what I thought that uh, Marvel's "What If" was going to be, where it's just like, okay, this, these are just five different Marvel stories that are told in a different way, as opposed to being just generic. And I'm not saying Marvel's "What If" "What If" was bad, but it was generic. Like they didn't take any chances, they didn't take any risks. But the Star Wars T uh, series, every episode looks completely different. And if you're someone that's big into anime, you can visually tell like there's one that's in like black and white, one that's more like samurai based, uh, one that's more like super cartoony and like the big eyes and cheeks. And it, it was just it was just something different. And when when you see something different, it's more refreshing to the genre or the characters or whoever whatever you're watching and, and that's kind of what drew me into that and i kind of and that's i think that's what's going to be the downfall of marvel is they're not going to take any chances anymore they're not going to take any risks they're not going to try to do anything different they're just going to go through the same formula because at the end of the day it's about making money so they're going to do what makes the money but if you want to really refresh what you're doing and really like okay and I'm not saying like let's try to refresh it by doing a story about an Asian guy, but it's the same. It's pretty much the same story we've seen before. Like, 
really let these directors direct these movies. Like I, I, I feel like Doctor Strange Two is going to be uh, a real big turning point. Like, is this going to be the same generically directed uh, Marvel movie that they've been putting out for the last ten years, or are they going to let Sam Raimi put his own his own unique style? on this movie are they going to let him do the things that he does because they wouldn't let um uh edgar wright they wouldn't let him do ant-man he wrote it but he wouldn't they didn't let him direct it because he wanted to put too much of the stuff that he does into this move to his movie he's the guy that did a uh, uh, baby driver he has a very particular style of directing and whenever i watch baby driver and then i watch ant-man i'm like man if they would let him do this movie how much better could Ant-Man have been? You know, like, what's the point of letting Quentin Tarantino direct a movie if you don't let him do it in his way or let Spike Lee direct the movie in his way? If you're just going to let the, if you're just going to sign off on a big director and they just, you know, hey, just follow our Marvel template, then it was pointless. It's pointless. I mean, there's probably some other reasons behind that. A, they probably weren't expecting Ant-Man to be anything more than a conduit to the next movie. And then B, you had just kind of like with what I was talking about, if you listen to Sopranos podcast, they would discuss like having tone meetings. So even though they had multiple directors for different episodes, they got to put their spin on it, but the overall tone of the show had to be the same. If that makes I just, sense. I disagree so with I, that when it comes to movies though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, for movies, you could probably argue that is a little bit lazy. It's safe, but... Like, I mean, Ant-Man Ant and Black Panther shouldn't have the same tone, just because they're all in the same Marvel Cinematic Universe. And and I, I it's the same thing with the, the, the DCU movies. Like, they all... All the Zack Snyder movies shouldn't feel the same. Like, I feel like Batman movies should feel like Batman. Superman movies should feel like Superman. Like, these directors put their own spin and let them tell their story and let um, the tone come from that. Like, I don't want to see the same, the same movie beats in every movie. There's nothing wrong with changing it. That makes sense. Uh, let's see. That's, that's fair. That's fair. Um, so since we're still in the, the content, section content creator corner i would coin it uh shout out to like always the instagram people uh i currently am at i think 300 and uh, 322 followers so shout out to y'all i've been slacking lately but i've been busy but uh, i'm gonna come out with some new content here soon i actually been kind of laying laying law laying shit, i can't even talk I've been kind of chilling out on Halo because uh, I've been playing Elden Ring, which is extremely difficult if you do play Elden Ring. Um, it's the kind of like the Souls game, like Demon Souls for PlayStation 5, which is actually a remake of an old game. But it's like an open world game. There's a lot going on. It's very relentless. Uh, I posted one clip, but like, this shit is hard. Like it, it doesn't make any sense how hard this game is. But being that games these days cost like $70, I'm definitely getting my $70 worth of this game. So. Um, it's pretty fun, but I'm definitely running back with Halo a little bit. I jumped in there earlier to see if I still had the juice, and I was still clapping some people, so I felt a little little better about myself. But one thing I, I am noticing is as your followers go up, 
uh, there's a lot of spam accounts. So like people, and I'm not knocking the hustle, but like people like to sell like graphics, right? Like, you know, graphics, thumbnails for your page, for your videos, which is cool. But it's to the point now where like I'll get like three of them at a time that'll follow me, right? So it's kind of cool, but it's kind of annoying because it's not like natural. But as soon as you accept their follower, you automatically get a message saying, hey, you know, wave or heart eye emojis or something like that, which like simps fall for. Um, like, hey, thanks for following back. Then they'll, then they'll try to immediately like sell you on their graphics, right? So I'm at the point now, if I like hit follow back and you send a DM immediately, I'm not going to respond. Like chill out with the spam. There was somebody who tried to scam me the other day with some sneakers. I blocked that dude immediately. He was like, oh, um, we got these shoes. Uh, what size you wear? I'm not playing any games. I got them right now. Blocked. You got to go. Like I'm relaxed. Why are you pressing me, Doug? Like I just followed you. So I'm, I'm being cool. I'm being cordial. But yeah, you're not finna. You're not finna strong arm me into buying some sneakers. Like that's not what we finna do. But yeah, shout out to them. Just trying to work on you know getting the content out there. Uh, trying to beat the algorithm. Uh, one of the tips I saw in there from uh, one page I follow. Uh, Nikki forgot the rest of it. Let me give her some credit in a second, but. Pretty much they said the way to beat the algorithm is to essentially repurpose your own content. Shout out to This Is Nikki's. Uh, I heard her on the Earn Your Leisure podcast, which is a really good podcast. If you really actually want to develop other streams of income outside of like OnlyFans and stuff like that. But yeah, like repurposing your own content. And she made a good point that like as you get new followers, not everybody has seen the content you put out. So it, it saves you time, one, and having to create new content and gives you time and that runway to create new content. But you can also, like, put out stuff you've already done. Case in point, yesterday was Air Max Day, 326, right? So I'm like, eh, I posted a picture of some Air Max that I recently got. But then I also resent out a video I did on a pair of Air Max. So that's, that's a perfect example of repurposing your content. So. If you do get in a rut, you can always remix your own content. I've done that as well with reels, just kind of like giving commentary on stuff you've already done. And, and some of them do decent numbers. I still haven't hit like like 10K yet on a video. I think the most I got is like, I think like 5,000. But we, we definitely want to break into those higher numbers to, to get more visibility for, for the brand out here. So um, again, but definitely shout out to y'all. Definitely to get back on the grind, but you know, this this thing called bills and work and stuff like that kind of interferes with my ability to vegetate on video games all day. So yeah, I was gonna say I don't really have have uh, that that issue too many times. I feel like I just ignore certain things, just get get to the grind or whatever. But for for my content creator corner, I guess uh, I'm I'm not saying I'm taking it more seriously, but I am trying to do uh, get on do this Twitch thing a little bit more. Uh, I only have uh, eight followers. I've been posting a lot on TikTok, and um, I know Chan's been sharing some of the stuff on there, uh, on her Instagram page. And like, I I feel like I found like my my window or my pocket, or, or I figured out the algorithm as of right now. But like right now, the the, the highest video that I have has like almost five thousand views on it. So at this point, I'm trying to get it to where people aren't just watching the the clips on TikTok and they're actually going to Twitch and watching me play live 
because um, I there's that you can actually there is this I mean there's a way to make money doing everything apparently. So if you get up to if you get up to fifty followers on Twitch, then you're able to try to monetize it, monetize, and, like Twitch affiliate type stuff. And try to, you know, get get some money off of that. So right now I'm at eight followers. So if we could get to ten on a Twitch, Marcus underscore sniffles, and you can watch me have a mental breakdown while playing Call of Duty Warzone. That would be fantastic. But like the the I mean I it's it it's all about trying to pretty much figure out what hashtags to use, the right hashtags, the right times, the right length of the video, the types of videos. And it's just it, it's a lot of work. Like I, I, I see I follow a few uh, professional gamers and it's just like I know that they're not the ones editing these videos and putting the graphics and all these things like they have uh, we talked about this I guess two weeks ago like you have to have a team of people that work your social media brand quote unquote and it's just like this is a lot like I usually spend like you know I'll do it at night like what I'm doing what I'm doing now is that I'll while I'm playing I'll you know time stamp the clip or whatever and I'll just like right now I'm just making a bunch of TikToks, so I just have them saved. Like you can just do everything and just put it in the drafts, and then I'll just put it out, and I'll always just keep making them, so I'll always have something to put out. Like they're not always going to be, you know, I'm not going to put out a, a TikTok of a stream I just did that day. It's probably from like a few days ago, but if it gets people to come to the Twitch tra- channel, then I guess it, it, it works. So we'll, we'll see how this how this journey goes because it's a lot. Well, again, part of it is like there's you, YouTube is is helps a lot. I mean, basically seeing what other what the most popular people are doing and mirroring that. But definitely, there's a trick to everything in the the tech, technological era that we live in, um, and and it works if you if you stay true to it. Um, I guess one of the biggest things with streaming is why I haven't really done it much is that I'm trying to figure out how to make it look like like the top people. So when people tap in, it's like, oh shit, this is a legit channel. Um, also, I got to figure out my camera setup because most people stream at like a desk. And I, when I attempted to do it the one time, I'm sitting in my living room. So like the camera is hella far away from my face. The TV is hella far away. It's, it's just a, a terrible setup. So I'm going to work on that. And also, too, if I stream, the, another big tip for that is having a consistent schedule. So like, hey, and actually Lowski told me this shot to him um, as far as like with being live on the podcast in the chat like i'm not gonna lie this is like a terrible time to do this right because it's like late at night ish for people on a sunday night so a lot of people are getting ready for work getting ready for bed but i mean it's the time that works best for us so it is what it is but that that helps to being consistent so i know if i was going to start streaming i like i said i'm playing the game anyways like you're playing the game anyways you might as well get on the thing and try to make a couple bucks off of it right so again, I know I play Elden Ring, but if I know like, hey, I could set a time Friday night for an hour and stream while I'm playing, I can do that. I just want to make sure that the setup is legit before I, you know, commit to that to that process. So it's it's gonna come. I actually did re-download Warzone, but going from Halo to that is like that's yeah, probably tough. Like learning a completely different language. I'm like Jesus Christ. Like I used to actually be pretty decent at Call of Duty, but it's a lot going on because like the buttons are not not the same at all. Like, I'm just like, so, but I feel like it'd be easier to go from Call of Duty to Halo 
versus vice versa. Halo is pretty simple as far as what you can do. There's not a lot of wild shit going on. It's like, hey, we all have the same guns. Can you use it better than me? Do you know the tricks better than me? Call of Duty, yes, it's a lot going on. So definitely maybe we can figure out a joint streaming thing to do. But also, again, just uh, with, with Twitch and stuff like that, you just have to follow other people. I get DMs from people all the time. Saying like, hey, I'll follow your Twitch, you follow mine. I'm like, sure, I don't ever get on Twitch, but sure, I'll throw you a follow. And they'll usually follow back. So that's that's kind of the the calculations on that. I'm pretty sure that's one of the, uh, not tricks, but that's one of the uh, things that you're supposed to do when it comes to uh, multiple streams of income. Like you're supposed to find one that, you, you do for fun because like you said you're going to be playing elder elder rings anyway i'm going to be playing call i've been playing call of duty for years so it's like all i got all i have to do is just put a camera in front of me and you know click a couple of buttons and maybe i'll make like five bucks off of it or something like that like i mean why not i'm already playing it i'll give it a shot i i think a lot more people should should do those things like if you're if you enjoy something if you have a hobby there's probably somebody that will pay to either consume it or watch you do it or any of those things. Like it's, it's, it's out there. I, I specifically say more black people, brown people do it because white people have been collecting millions of dollars on playing video games for years. And that's a piece of the pie that we should also take advantage of. But yes, yeah, definitely, definitely something we need to stick on. So again, I'm still working the boards. It's been a while since I used this, so we're going to transition to the final topics. Again, if you have any uh, board suggestions, hit me up on my Instagram, that's Opry706. Uh, we want to wrap with uh, sports. Let's. I hate sports right now. Uh, and and, I, and I, I would say that uh, I was going to say, I was going to frame it that Marcus, he manifested Matt Ryan to the Colts, but if you check my Twitter, if you check my pinned tweet, um, September 12, 2021, uh, Hyonin Kyonin, God dang it. This dude I follow on Twitter who's using the title of an anime character from a great anime that I watched called Steins Gate. I highly recommend it in the thriller genre. Probably the best one I've seen. Probably in my top five. It starts out kind of goofy, but it's, it's really good. Um, but he said... Matt Ryan truly needs to request a trade. They set him up for failure this offseason, did nothing to get him better blocking. He's not getting any younger, but getting blasted more. And to point, his arm cooked. I retweeted at Colts. This was September 12, 2021. Fast forward no further than a couple months after that, he is now the starting quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, the Falcons went and told a bunch of lies. A oh, bunch God. of lies during okay. their very uncomfortable press conference about their pursuit of one nasty man, Deshaun Watson, who is now the highest paid quarterback in the league for the Cleveland Browns. And long and the short is, man, and shot to Jalen. And I've been saying this since they didn't do what I thought they should have done in the draft because I feel like it's going to go back to not drafting Justin Fields again. Justin Fields has a lot of work to do, but he was playing for a terrible roster with a terrible offense coordinator. Did not know how to use his talents, in my opinion, but we will see. However, 
Drafting Kyle Pitts, I think, is ultimately going to get these guys fired, right? Because to me, it shows that they had no no plan, right? Or they didn't really have contingency plans. Because, again, you could argue that a lot of wild shit happened to the Falcons with Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones, all that jazz. A lot of stuff went down. Cool. Is what it is. However, the thing that, that, that makes me mad or gives me most concern, like, you know, free-thinking Falcons minds out there is the process. All right, so the rumors are that they want to trade Lance, right? All right, cool. They couldn't get Trey Lance, so they took the BPA Kyle Pitts, right? But I think that they're now trying to sell us on that, that Kyle Pitts is the guy for us. He's going to be a building block for this franchise, but you don't build your team around tight ends, right? You build your team around quarterbacks, and typically with new regimes, that's what you do. You get a quarterback that you can work with, which I think with the type of offense and the style of offense that Arthur Smith has shown to use, Justin Fields would, would be exceptional for that, right? He likes play action. He likes to run the ball. Nothing too fancy. So, I mean, Justin Fields could do that, right? So fast forward, Deshaun Watson becomes available. We discussed this last week. They make a push for him. They end up ultimately not signing him. And now they have to spin that with, oh, you know, you know, we, we've been talking to Matt Ryan throughout the whole process, even though they just restructured him. They came in saying he was their quarterback. They're not coming in to rebuild. They're coming in to reload and all that coach talk bullshit. And now you're going into your second season as a head coach with no quarterback, no offensive line, no receivers, no good players on defense, and – looking like you fumbled the bag going after Deshaun Watson pretty much kind of dodged the question of, did you do any research on all of these allegations, which you clearly didn't. I don't think any NFL team did per the lawyer saying nobody reached out to them. And then also, again, this is where it comes to the process. Your idea was to draft Deshaun Watson, which cost that team millions of dollars and massive draft capital, massive draft capital. Right. As I just said, if you listen 30 seconds ago, I just said this team has no receivers, a terrible offensive line, no talent in the running back, no defensive players, no pass rushers. You could argue bad coaching, which I would say we have, like a terrible offense coordinator was head coach. So your idea, knowing that you needed a quarterback last year, was to not take a quarterback when you could have taken one. But then this year, go after a quarterback that would have cost you three first-round picks and all kinds of other draft capital for a guy that possibly could not play for, like, six games this year? Like, it's showing me you guys had no plan, and now it's looking like you could possibly reach in this draft at eight to get a quarterback who would not be any better than Mac Jones last year. Like, Mac Jones would be the number one quarterback in this draft. So if these fools reach and take Kenny Pickett or – Malik Willis, I might be ready to boycott the season. Like I might be ready. To, I might watch the Colts because they they at least still have a, a competent <laughs> roster until they fire Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot. Because this is this is insane. The amount of negligence is happening with this franchise. Like I said this to somebody. Like we're the Cleveland Browns. Like it's it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. Like, I, thinking about it now, like, a lot of people were mad about the whole uh, Doug Peterson pick or signing in Jacksonville. 
But like Jacksonville has historically been the laughing stock of the NFL, and they could possibly do some good things. They've been making some signings. They got some draft capital. They got money. They got the number one pick again. Doug Peterson, again, for what it's worth, he did win them a Super Bowl. He did have a stacked roster, but he still got it done. So there's got to be something to that versus Arthur Smith, who comes out and says, oh, we're not rebuilding. We're, we don't want to use that word. These guys are competing. Like, no, dog, you're going to get yourself fired. And we're going to clown you on the way out for all the stupid stuff you said and did. Like, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's very, very sad. I'm very disgusted. Um, But the good thing that could come out of all this nonsense with all these quote unquote quarterbacks skyrocketing to the top of the draft. I saw them talking about the Detroit Lions maybe taking Malik Willis at three, which is insane. My God. Something that, that that is a very Lions thing to do. Because again, Mac Jones would be the best quarterback in this draft if he was in this draft. But you're gonna go with Malik Willis at three when Matt Jones is taking at 15. Unacceptable. The draft is about value. Again, Detroit should be doing everything they can. Like I said, if you if best best player available. If you wanted a quarterback and you wanted to spend that type of capital, you should have got like a Russell or well, he wouldn't come, but yeah, that's not the move. It, that's not the move, man. You got to suck another year and get one, get like Bryce Young from Alabama next year or something like that. You you cannot take a player that needs some time to develop at number three, who was not as good as the 15th selected quarterback last year. It this shit doesn't make any sense. But we could possibly get uh, Kevion Thibodeau from uh, Oregon, which will probably be the best pass rush we've had in over a decade. So hopefully the other poorly run franchises make bad decisions, which will stop us from making a bad decision. That's the same. Like the uh, say the Falcons is uh, pretty bad, but uh, this isn't Dirty Bird National Report, so we're not going to. I'm not going to spend too much time on that. But I I, I remember someone was – I think it might have been Tech who was saying that uh, I shouldn't I shouldn't have went super hard on, on, on Carson Wentz for his play last year based on the stats that he had. He had like 3,500 yard, 3, yards passing, 27 touchdowns, and seven interceptions. And we just got an older, less mobile quarterback – who last year threw for 3,900 yards, more yards, 20 touchdowns, and 12 interceptions. So fewer touchdowns, uh, more interceptions, but was also sacked way more. And the big, my big, my biggest issue with uh, Carson Wentz last year was his inability to make the wide open like easy throws like the you know, I watched the some of the coach pressers and it was always he was the coach was said we gotta make the layups. So like the easy throws, like the easy like ten yard out or the fifteen yard cross where the guys, you know, wide open, all you gotta do is just lead him. Carson Wentz's highs were really high. Like he'll, you know, scramble all over the place and extend the play and chuck it 50 yards downfield, one-on-one jump ball, and give your guy a chance to make that play. And I like I like that about Carson, but the more I think back through some of those games, I'm just like, man, there was a lot of, you know, third and fives or second and sixes that could have been third and ones or first downs if he just puts the ball where it's supposed to be, just accuracy, accuracy, accuracy. He just did not have that. And I feel like with Matt Ryan being behind our offensive line, 
and the receivers that we I know we have at least one good receiver, but just with the scheme that we have, a lot of short, shallow crossing routes, I feel like Matt Ryan should cook. Like it, it should it should be an easy, you know, three or four, probably under four thousand yards passing because we're more of a running team. But Matt Ryan having thirty touchdown passes next year is not out of the realm of possibility, and I think it's a pretty easy, easy bet to say that he could he could get that. Maybe not in the red zone because we're probably gonna. Be lean more on the run in the red zone, but I, I even though Matt Ryan is older and less mobile, it's still an upgrade over Carson Wentz because maybe Matt Ryan's not going to be able to get some of those extended explosive plays. But if you can turn second and six in the first down because you're making the easy throws to hitting receivers in stride and things like that that Carson Wentz wasn't doing last year that automatically improves our team by a lot. And obviously the AFC has gotten way harder just within the last few weeks with all the trades. But for us, all we got to do is win our division, beat Jacksonville, beat the Titans and uh, beat the Texans. And we've had, we've had struggles with the Jaguars, but Matt Ryan is four and against the Jaguars. So hopefully that rolls over to us because we have not been able to beat that team in like, seven tries on the road. So that's pretty much what cost us, cost us the playoffs. So I'm, I'm, I, for one, am excited about this upcoming season. And now I don't feel so bad that I have to get a Colts tattoo because I feel like this is the year we finally win in division. Yeah. I, I might have to put some, some money on, on the books to, for the Colts. Cause again, so the one thing I would say about Matt Ryan, unless, and I feel like this might not, happen there because they're kind of in a quote win now situation with him is that typically Matt Ryan struggles in his first year with new offense coordinator. But I think that's also because they've never really cared what Matt Ryan wanted to do, if that makes sense, which I think would be a better way to, you know, expedite the process of success. Right. So like when they when they hired Shanahan, they didn't really consult Matt Ryan. You know what I'm saying? When they got Sarkeesian, they didn't really consult Matt Ryan. Like with an aging quarterback, find out what he does well, integrate that to what you already have, which is Jonathan or, Taylor, which I Matt Ryan has not had a thousand yard rusher for a long time. He hasn't had a top ten defense. We haven't. I don't think he's ever had a top ten defense. <laughs> But we were like the offense isn't built around Matt Ryan. Like we're not like, hey, Matt Ryan, we need to go out there and sling it 20, 30 yards on the field. Nah, like if you can just go out there and make the easy, like five yard completions. Let let's get some run after the catch. And every not like maybe once a once a half, take a deep shot. That's that's it, and that's perfect for an old quarterback. I, don't, I hate saying old, but. Well, and now that I think about it, that might be better because he can he'll hit the deep shot. It might take a while to get there, but if he doesn't have to do it a lot, this, this is probably the, the perfect situation for him because, again, as the playoffs come, you want to be able to do the ground and pound and have a veteran quarterback who's been in those situations where, hey, he doesn't get rattled under pressure, a la the nickname Matty Ice. So this this could go very well. I, I could see them winning the division. Tennessee, like the whole Derrick Henry thing, that, that's got to stop at some point, right? They don't have – well, Tannehill, he kind of got exposed, but I think that was more bad coaching in that game at the end of that game in the playoffs. But um, I think it was a good shot that the Colts can win the AFC, and I'm about to put, put a couple dollars on that. Uh, if you're hitting the draft well, just bolster up the, the rest of your team, I think you guys can definitely make a run. But 
Me, I'm a, another disappointed Falcons fan. And time will tell if I continue to support this team through the uh, 2020 season. So, again, that wraps things up. Uh, Tech disappeared. I don't know what happened to him, but hopefully he's he's okay. Uh, we appreciate you guys in the chat. Chan, Lowski, King Quest, L, everybody holding it down. Appreciate it. Definitely going to work the, the soundboard better. If you have any suggestions, hit me up on IG. I can get any sound. It, I want pretty much just takes a little bit of time, but appreciate y'all rocking with us. Marcus, you got any shout outs? Uh, just shout out to everybody that obviously is in the chat. People that uh, fuck with me on TikTok, uh, follow me on Twitch. And if you don't, even if you don't watch, just download it, uh, Marcus underscore sniffles, and just follow me. And I'm sure that'll help. I don't even know if you even have to be watching at the time, but um, just trying to get my followers up and grow in that that area so shout out to y'all oh shit what all right uh did you see that damn apparently will smith is about that life what life uh, let me let me add you let me ask you on twitter so the oscars are going on right now uh, let's see, Marcus. Let's get your live reaction to what's going on at the Oscars right now. Oh, whoa! <laughs> what? Yo, what? Oh my god. I hope that's I hope that's real. I, that can't be staged. I don't think you staged something like that, but yeah, apparently Will Smith just oh, like cold cocked Chris Rock for uh, speaking ill about his wife. Apparently, nah, that ain't fit. No, that's not fit. Did you watch the whole thing? Yeah. Oh my gosh! What the fuck? I, I, okay, out of all the people that have said anything about what did Chris Rock say? I don't know, but I have questions now. I have, oh my God. Wow. Two questions. Two, two, two questions. Wow. Uh, a, where's security at? I mean, that's right. It'd <laughs> be like, uh, I'm not buying any more of these uh, Will Smith workouts because he should have killed that man <laughs> with one punch. Like, he didn't even, like, he ate that. He ate that. Chris Chris ate that yo. Wow. He's over 50. Chris Rock I is 57 years old. I give Chris Rock props. He ate that punch. He ate he that ate shit. Well, you gotta you gotta lean into that though. You gotta you gotta get some, some torque in your hips. You're supposed to be Ali, dog. You're like, you, you gotta yeah, you gotta bro. drop You supposed to drop him off of that. Like, wow. That's oh, insane. <laughs> Yeah, you see, his form was a little bad. He was a quick one. Yeah, security issue. Wow. All right. Shout out to Chris Rock for, for keeping it going. But yeah. Nah, I'm going home after that. I'm not about to <laughs> teleprompter right now, dog. I'm going home, bro. Screw that. I'm done here. All right. Well, uh, at that note, uh, we are out. Peace. That's crazy.